In a noisy repair hangar, the sound of metal clanging against metal greets us today as power tools and their operators are put to work on an outdated Viscarium mauler. Today, getting a tune-up. Damaged components are removed or sliced off with plasma torches. The smell of various starship and bodily fluids assaults the nose. Trying to be heard over the din are the eight employees of Cindir's Scrap House sweating through thick, yellow jumpsuits on an otherwise cool afternoon on the rust-red planet of Akaton, in a rundown but still bustling settlement called the Kefak Depot. All day long this racket will be going on. The only thing that changes for the folks in this shop is what style of vessel they're tearing into or tearing apart to be sold off by the boss. Bins are used for finer console components, but mostly it can just be a hack job to make sure everything fits on the sledge that goes out to Marrow every week. A full 10 hour shift later and the sun starts to set. The shop stops getting free illumination from the holes in the roof and walls, so an exhausted red skin Hilky goes to a wall and flips a very large switch, cutting the power to the power tools connected to the single generator this shop is allotted. Instantly, the room falls silent, then groans as humanoids start shuffling to lockers as the employees pack it in for another day. One of these literal poor stiffs is Troy Michael, and introducing him this week is our special guest for this spaceport story, Ray Luther. So, uh, welcome back to the show, Ray. Hello, hello. Glad to be back. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. I am very excited for this. Uh, this this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, long-time listeners, I've, I've been telling newer listeners that um, my GM ability has massively improved once we got to the Triaxian Knights arc. But for those super fans that went back and listened to the first arc, Ray played a Gripply forget what class you were you were you weren't a mechanic yet no you made me as a i believe an operative that's right yeah you played the gripply operative named chirac that gaia and Oren met uh so long ago <laughs> uh but no you're not playing him anymore you are playing troy michael so why don't you tell us who we see in this locker room all right uh you guys are seeing a 510 180 pound half elf with of course the pointed ears um but they're dulled if that makes any sense uh more curved uh in the sense of more humanoid ears uh he's got the green eyes uh that his mother got it was his mother's green eyes that he has uh with brown hair uh, a pretty burly man you could tell he's been through uh some He's been through a few things. Uh, one of the most notable features of his past is he has a mechanical left arm. Uh, completely biomechanical. Is there anything else that I should add? Let me think. Um, oh, uh, so if if and when our podcast gets picked up by Hollywood, who would you see it play him in a uh, feature role? Oh man, you were telling me uh, the guy's name. I can't remember because I'm terrible with names. But the uh, the main guy oh. from uh, from Firefly. 
Yeah. Uh, the actor's name is Nathan Fillion. The character's name is Malcolm Reynolds. So that guy. yes. When I was designing uh, Troy, I was I always had his face in my head when I was making this guy. Mm-hmm. And you told me earlier. I don't know if you said just now, but he's in his forties, or he is forty. Yeah, he's in his he's in his mid forties at this point. Okay. All right, so an established person, someone who's been around the world a bit. Uh, our other characters in the current arc, um, none of them are older than 30. So um, if and when you ever bump into any of them, uh, it'd be interesting, uh, you know, coming at this with a, not grizzled, but uh, experienced. Yes, he, um, he definitely does have some experience under his belt in more ways than one. Gotcha. So, uh, stowing away the company-owned tools and jumpsuit, all of which are tagged with locators, and uh, retrieving your personal property from your locker, you notice the rest of your coworkers have already painfully shuffled off to this settlement's only watering hole to catch tonight's uh, gladiator bouts being beamed in from the shears. The hilky that turned off the generator, the foreman that you know as Venny, leans on a locker next to you is kind of breathless. Hey there, Troy. Hell of a day. You're telling me. You going to catch the game tonight? Well, Brutaris is over, but we can still place bets on the fights. I heard there's some new blood in the ring tonight. <laughs> well, I think that'd be interesting to see, but uh, I think I'll pass for watching it. But, and I grab a uh, whatever's in my my locker and if I'm pretty sure there's a code in there I just kind of throw that over my shoulder and look back over at Vinny and say I always like rooting for the underdog though so I'll put in some credits on that on whoever that is Vinny smiles uh, flashes a mischievous smile and it's all the more beguiling of a grin as the off-white of his teeth sets against the red skin of this human. All right, no fun. Well, it's payday, so here's your take. Try not to spend it all on a sense of adventure. And uh, I'm going to need you to give me a profession check. Profession. Here we go. Let me pull up my... All right, I got 19 on the die plus 7 on profession, so 26. Uh, 26, so <laughs> very good. Uh, 52 credits is uh, your payout for this week, this week's work, and that's how earning a living checks work in Starfinder is you uh, roll your profession check, so great job, uh, good bonuses, and then you double the result to d- denote how much credits you get, so you're doing pretty good this was a good week for you uh and instead of like transferring it to an account like um some of the other characters have had then he hands you 52 credits in uh little little chips that kind of denote he gives you two 20s a 10 and a two and the way i have kind of credit chips work is um everything is round numbers so there's no change the gods in Starfinder. Uh, so everything's whole round numbers. Um, so when you like go to a 
go to a, a burger joint or whatever, you put a 10 down, they withdraw the amount, the number decreases and it still shows how much is on there. So you have, however much you had before, uh, 52 additional credits. But judging by your uh, drab outfit, the uh, dented box that contains the remnants of your lunch and your outdated but slightly functional data pad, 52 credits is a good amount for you. You are not living uh, high on the hog here on Akaton, at least this area. But um, he uh, hands you those credits and then he doesn't give you another look. He just waves that that non-committal wave as he's uh, walking away from you. And as you start to leave the shop, the door slams shut behind you. Your data pad starts buzzing. Several messages coming in while you were at work, but uh, more of them have come in. Uh, mundane messages. Uh, what is there to eat? There's nothing here. Oh, wait, never mind. I got it. Have you seen my shoes? Found them. When are you home? And stuff like that as you're uh, walking down the streets of Keyfax Depot. I can imagine Troy is looking at those. Um, and for every other one, it's either a sigh or a very slight chuckle uh, as he's reading through <laughs> these messages. Okay. Uh, night is fallen on Keyfax Depot. The sun has set. Uh, while you were in that shop, you worked up quite a sweat. So the breeze outside of this desert planet is ice cold on your sweat-soaked body. The scrap house you work at is at the western entrance to the depot, and if you look just right, you can see the shimmer of the sonic barrier that encircles this sandy desert town. And the way this town is set up, I'll show you a picture, and then I'll post it in the show notes, but I'm, I'm very happy with this uh, the artwork I found for this by uh, Miska's Maps. I'm a patron of his he does great fantasy and sci-fi maps but this city is uh more or less perfectly circular with uh large sand dunes surrounding all around except for where foot traffic has to come through so imagine uh not mountainous but definitely large sand dunes that help protect you all in the city proper from the uh, sometimes gale force winds that rip across the desert of this red planet, this red, mostly barren planet. Uh, the city, the, the structures themselves are largely stone to help uh, trap in the uh, environmental controls. Like if you have an AC unit, uh, the stone helps trap it in. If it's wintertime in Akaton, even though it's a desert, it still gets bitterly cold. You put in a heater, it'll trap in that heat. And all of the structures in this city, town, are insulated in such a way. And um, we can explore more of the city itself, but right now you're, you're walking along. So the streets are largely clear, but as you make your way east across the main thoroughfare, you see the nightly crowd that's always there at night. Uh, the nightly crowd of bodies surrounding the only starship that you haven't worked on here. Well, not yet anyway. This is an ancient freighter from a bygone era, definitely pre-gap, and it's where folks get all their groceries, supplies, and uh, gambling done. 
The rear hatch of this freighter is open wide and bright lights from inside spill out onto the otherwise dark town square. Rowdy does not begin to describe the frenetic energy here. You continue your way across. Occasionally a patron loitering outside will catch your gaze and they'll beckon you to join the festivities. All in various states of inebriation. Clearly tonight's fights have been particularly bloody, judging by the roars coming from inside. I can imagine um, as Troy's walking through um, and he's hearing the roars uh, from the, the matches, he's not paying it too much mind. Um, it, it was a mm-hmm. long and rough day at work and uh, watching people duke it out is the last thing on his mind right now. Gotcha. So, yeah, you put your jacket on to a ward off the cold and shuffling your way along this isn't a very large town but you are tired you are fatigued not mechanically i'm not going to impose any uh, (laughs) penalties to you just yet but it has been a long hard day and a series of long hard days living here in this town where uh, a little bit more about keyfax depot this town is perched near the largest concentration of wrecked starships. The the planet of Akaton, like much of the galaxy, uh, knowledge is lost. There's a lot of stuff people don't know about the history anymore because of the gap. But where Kefak Depot is located, it's near a very large concentration of these abandoned, destroyed starships. And it's um, called the Kefak Depot because Kefak is a name of a little vermin critter that lives on Akaton that is a bioengineered creature that's looks like the messed up uh, breeding of a centipede with a crab. Oh. So Kefaks were bioengineered to get rid of scrap metal and that's what they do. And that's part of the reason why you have a sonic barrier up around this town because these things will tear into things like me on cake i don't really have a good metaphor there um but this this town is called just key fact depot because key facts are such a problem uh most people walk around heavily armed just waiting for you know anything to go on but you know troy knows at night when they fire up those barriers anything that crosses them will um be alerted And I think the image has loaded of what I am using for Keyfac Depot. Yep, I uh, I see it now. Uh, it looks like it's. You can almost say that it was built through. I know you were talking about with Akaton this itself, and we could edit this bit out. It looks like it's in a crater, mm-hmm. which is pretty neat. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. We can leave this in. No, it's and I I will post uh, pictures on. Uh, show notes as well as social media but yeah yeah it could be a crater i the way i was looking at it is um kind of like in uh star wars uh luke's luke's aunt and uncle's home on tatooine that that lowered area those lowered areas are like that to combat desert winds so i was kind of using that as a frame of reference too but yeah i can see uh a crater as well um i've been in a crater with the other portion of the crew for so long that i'm i kind of shied away from thinking <laughs> of a crater this time but uh yeah i can see how you 
how you got that and um so that structure in the middle there of the map that is the uh, down freighter and i think you can see where the artist got inspiration from that it just fits too perfectly for uh, what we're doing here today mm -hmm. it looks like firefly so you push on uh you you get past the uh the the initial roar of the crowds there uh you figure this city doesn't have more than 500 people total living here but uh the the racket that they're making uh you would you wouldn't be uh mistaken to think that they were really enjoying their night i'm glad somebody and, is yeah you've had a long night this is that is where i mean it's the only form of entertainment in town it's it's largely uh there are hotels and restaurants to attract tourism to kind of look at the scavenged starships so you know there is a fair bit of commerce and tourism that goes on in this town but uh largely uh that is the place to be for working working guys like you mm -hmm. uh you push on you get away you're about two blocks from the small stone hovel you've been living in for the last couple of months when you hear a commotion from between a row of uh, housing structures that make up the northeast quadrant of town. And uh, why don't you give me a perception check as you're hearing voices. Alright, we got 12 plus 4, so 16. Okay, yeah, you hear uh, hushed murmurings, you hear uh, weird little skittering sounds clicking sounds uh, and you getting closer you see and uh, this whole area is it's uh dimly lit street lamps this uh this town can't really afford to be bright and shiny like uh bigger cities but they do keep low amperage uh lights on and with your half elf uh dim vision you can see almost as normal uh, but as you get in you see this the sounds and four shapes clustered around a tight circle and uh, they're all doing their level best to keep their excitement level down but clearly all of them have had a few drinks tonight what would you like to do so is this this is off the my beaten path this is kind of like off mm -hmm. like to the to the left of me almost as i'm walking back home so um yes it is slightly off your, the beaten path that you're normally on it's a little further into the quote-unquote residential area uh this area it doesn't have pretty parks it doesn't have uh nice water features this is um stone structure sandy ground stone structures so this is kind of set off in a little ways from the regular foot traffic of the area mm-hmm uh, and you you are walking by and you go around a corner and you can see what's happening. You see four uh, medium sized, you know, your sized people kind of hunched around in a tight circle. All right. I think I'm going to keep my eye on it and slow down so I could see mm -hmm. what's going on. I don't want to make any moves unless I have to. Um, okay. You know, I but I am, I am paying attention to that. Okay. So you're observing some, them. If there's something that um, 
that shouldn't be going on, I, I want to make sure mm-hmm. that I uh, that I jump in. Yeah. Um. Give me a. S- are do you, are you are you being secretive? Are you stealthing? I don't think I'm being secretive so much as I'm kind of just like slowing my pace down so that I could keep what's going okay. on in my line of sight. Um, okay. But it's I'm not like um, like trying to hide my movement by pulling out my phone and pretending to get stuck in that and losing pace or something. I'm kind of just I guess uh, I guess I'm not secretively doing anything. I am just slowing down, straight up slowing down. And if someone happens to notice, mm-hmm. then they notice. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You the the hushed whisper kind of stops. The, the chittering continues. But uh, some hushed voices, and you hear calling out. It's the voice of Venny. With your dim vision, with your dim light vision, you're able to see Venny's faces, his profile as he turns. Say, hey, piss off! This is a private function. Thank you. And uh, from the circle within, you hear what almost could be the sound of someone cracking open some shellfish. Okay. Like that kind of crunch, crunch. Uh, and in between, like, you know, you look as as uh, Venny turns to you, you see in the center, uh, in between this group of uh, humanoid figures, in the center, two small, beat up, and battered key facts. Uh, these things are small, so no, uh, no bigger than a Pomeranian, really. <laughs> uh, and the namesake for the place you've called home. You've seen them before. There's no way you've lived here even a week without at least finding a corpse of a key fact but they do look like a messed up cross between a centipede and a crab uh, a small version of that this is a that is a larger version of what you see but imagine a uh, dimini- a, a small version of this a dog sized version of this and it's um, for listeners it's got uh, maybe two dozen claws uh, comes up kind of like a think uh, uh, of a centaur but the horse part is a centipede and the man part is a crab it's quite gross yeah this um and you definitely the image in my head is a lot like that (laughs) okay so yeah this is what you see you see two of them there uh one is laying on the ground the other one has the other's tail in its claws and it's just snipping and chewing away as uh as, as everyone's kind of like cheering it on and you see on the floor around it piles of credits just laying there uh, I don't think I need to give need to ask you for a check it's pretty obvious what's going on yeah I see that um, I'm not a big fan of people exploiting animals and creatures regardless of you know I, this thing I know these are common creatures and all, but they're still creatures nonetheless. So after I see this this keyfac fighting going on, I'm I'm gonna stop my movement and just start heading straight beeline to where they're at. Um, and I shout out, "Hey!" Uh, and you said that I can see Vinny there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you turn around and Vinny sees you. Uh, Vinny doesn't have dim light vision, so he's squinting. Troy the hell are you doing out here what are you doing with and i i look at the fight you know i already know what it is my brain just automatically says like what are you doing sort of thing and i look at the the rest mm-hmm. of them uh you said there's four more people so it'd be Vinny and 
Uh, there are four total. There's Benny and three others, and one of the others steps out, and this one is smaller than the other ones. This is a, you see uh, an Isoki, a rat folk with uh, graying fur, and uh, that kind of rat, not kind of, the, the rat <laughs> tail uh, ends about 12 inches shorter than is standard for a species. Clearly it's been cut, bit, or sliced off. And he uh, mumbles, friend of yours, Venny, he doesn't look like he approves of our fun. And uh, Venny looks over. Oh, no, Sila, my buddy Troy is very cool, right, Troy? Cool as coolant, right, Troy? And he flashes that smile again. But this time when you see that smile, that 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 bright white compared to his red flesh, give me a sense motive as uh, he's giving you a look. well on the die let's see i got 15 total he's saying more with his eyes than his mouth his eyes are pleading for you to just go along with this and he's trying to protect you as much as he is protect himself in his own cred um but at at this interaction the uh the the other two people that were watching turn away from the now finished fight and you see you know, between their legs the quote-unquote winner of this fight scampers into the night as uh, the three of them, not Venny, starts stumbling in your direction. Stumbling, huh? Yeah, they are all quite inebriated. And you see the Ahsoki, he pulls out a pistol. Nah, I don't like the look of him. Stands too tall, too proud. I can smell it. And he sniffs the air. Oh, oh no, that's not, that's not him. That's not him. And you see a panic expression take over the Ahsoki's face as from the ground, a hole opens up and a key fact that is larger than three Ahsoki in a trench coat standing to its full height, looming over him. And Sila fires uh, his pistol and it glances off of the shiny metallic claws of this Thasteron keyback, the larger, more adult version. Uh, version, And he shouts, Lads, forget the interloper. Protect me from the beast. And I'm going to need you to roll for initiative. Well, this is interesting. Oh, man, my, I, my rolls have been getting progressively worse. I have a nine, and I think now is a good moment to say I still haven't put on um, any armor. I think second skin just gives you plus two to both, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and it would take you... Um, I think it would take you a full round action to put it on. Okay, well, I'll just go without it then. Okay, right off the top, this key fact is going to swoop down and bite down onto Sila, the uh, Isoki, that hits. And uh, he bites down, he gets... he. Uh, clamps right down onto the Ahsoki's collarbone and he's shrieking and uh, he drops his arc pistol as the Kefak picks him up kind of ragdolls him a bit and then drops him down and the Ahsoki isn't moving again the two unnamed toughs that I didn't give voices or names to they uh, <laughs> take a look at you they look at them they look at the Kefak they, they stumble to get their weapons out give up and they just start running into the night uh, next up, uh, 
what was your uh, initiative? Mine was eight. Okay, so Venny does go right before you with a nine. And uh, Venny pulls out a uh, tactical auto pistol. Does the, the gun thing that I don't know the term for. Uh, <laughs> and fires uh, uh, from about 15 feet back right into the back of this key fact. So uh, 14, so... Oh, does not hit. It uh, bounces off of this armor and uh, the 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 carapace of this key fact. Though it's your turn. Uh, if you have life science, why don't you give me that check? You said life science. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you want me to do this because I had something in mind. It might be what. Oh, I got a sixteen. Okay. Um. You are very familiar with these things. These things are medium vermin creatures. They are immune to any sort of radiation because they just go through and they eat all types of metal. Uh, but you know that the reason why this thing is deflecting so many shots is uh, the, the metallic kind of sheen on its claws. This thing, these things take on some of the properties of the metals they eat. And in fact, some people hunt them to harvest those metals. Uh, with okay. that check, though, you also know they've uh, really just got a claw attack. Um, they are they can chew through objects like nobody's nobody's business, and that's why they're so um, carefully monitored and stomped out when they get into town. Um, but they are uh, mindless. Is the uh, final thing I'll give you on that check. So any mind-affecting spells will not affect them at all. So something like daze wouldn't work. Exactly. Damn. All right. You, you beat me at my own game here. <laughs> I didn't choose this on purpose. I kind of... Uh, it's not important how I choose things. Um, so uh, they're just native to the world. Okay. They're, they're very common on um, Akaton, uh, especially here. Uh, out of curiosity... Um, the Ahsoki, mm -hmm. did he drop his pistol? You said he did? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep, it was a, a static arc pistol. You'll, you'd recognize it anywhere. Alright, uh, I would... It's gonna be right by this thing. I don't have anything that could, uh, that could affect it. So, what instead I want to do is use Psychokinetic Hand uh, mm -hmm. to bring the pistol to me. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so yeah. Um, so, you know, now I get to ask you this question. What does your magic look like when you cast it? Um, all of the magic that I do, especially the magic that is done um, technology-wise, is used by my left uh, mechanical arm. Uh, and whenever magic is okay. cast, you know, be it I put my hand out for, like, what I'm doing right now or... Uh, even something subtle like if I'm doing telepathic message or something there are some lights in the arm that mm -hmm. glows a certain color based off of uh, oh. like the intensity of the spell gotcha so okay what does this zero level spell look like then when it's cast from your your, your metallic arm it's just a, a, a dim green as I uh, lift my hand up and open it almost magneto-esque as mm -hmm. 
as the pistol <laughs> kind of gravitates to my hand. Sure. Yeah, it flies straight into your hand. You now have a pistol. All right. So, I, um, go ahead. Just, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it was a standard action to cast the spell, so you wouldn't be able to um, fire the weapon. But if you wanted to move a little further out of range from it, you could. Okay. Uh, I think actually, I. I think what I want to do actually is kind of move closer. I don't want uh, Vinny to get hurt, and I okay. have a lot to say to him about this. So I need to make sure he's alive <laughs> to hear it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. So yeah, you uh, you move up closer, and I can get rid of them and them. So okay, uh, the Keyfax turn. Uh, he see it sees you. It turns around. And it's going to claw at you. Uh, ooh, definitely hits. Um, <laughs> these, uh, <laughs> it's a 24. How much? 24 to hit. Oh. Man, this is crazy. For, yeah, these are, these things are designed to, uh, to hit and eat. And they will eat and eat and eat. Uh, for nine points of damage. Nine damage. Alrighty. And it uh, it slashes you with these this metal, metallic metal claw. Jesus, it slashes you with this metal claw, and it just rips straight through your uh your tunic or whatever kind of. Oh, it rips right through your jacket, and you feel the the slice and the cold air seeping in uh, against your still sweaty slick flesh so uh that's all they will do next up uh vinny vinny's going to uh take out his take out a survival knife uh from his boot he's gonna look at you from uh the other side hey i'm sorry troy i i gotta protect myself uh if if you if you beat him you can have all the credits and i'll i promise to make it up to you just don't don't tell the authorities it was me. It was it was him. It was all Sela, and he's going to throw the survival knife at the back of this key fact and let's see how he does. A survival knife. Oh, twenty. Not natural. Um, dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. Yes. So uh, a survival knife is only a D four, so it's not great, but he had a good amount of strength behind it. Oh, max damage for seven points of damage and I need to mark that down that was a good solid hit it wedged right between plates of its metal carapace and it kind of like shrieks out and like all of its uh, little claws waver <clears throat> all of its little claws waver in anger and it uh, it turns towards him but Venny is now running down the street towards the center of town and it's your turn ah, shit he's running off damn coward alright well now that Vinny's gone uh real quick supercharged weapon that would count that's a standard action isn't it uh I or is that think a it's a move 
Okay. I think you're supercharging your weapon for that attack, if I, I could be mistaken. Yeah, I wrote down the spells that I have. I did not quite write down. You're good. I got it right here. Okay. Nope. I think it is movement. Overcharge or supercharge? Supercharged weapon. Supercharged. Um, yep. Oh, it is a standard. Uh, so, yeah, you would supercharge it. Yeah, so it would have to be next turn. But, yeah, you. Uh, do you want to still do that? Wow, it does a lot of damage. It does. Uh, but it's on the next <laughs> shot, so if I miss, then that's a waste. Um, Unless I read that wrong. Supercharge the target weapon if the weapon's next attack hits. So, yeah, the attack deals an additional 4d6 of damage. Mm -hmm. I, wow. I think I can survive another hit if I do get hit so sure. yeah I'll, I'll i'll supercharge my weapon so my uh my arm okay. glows a blue as i just kind of wave my hand over the gun um and i'm not really worried about where Vinny's going i can find him gotcha it's a small town um <laughs> and you have a gun hmm. so yeah you you supercharge this and you hear like the the crackling uh, the, the static buildup from around, you just hear it start to hum a little louder. It's like uh, being in a storm, being near uh, power lines. This thing is ready to explode on the thing it fires on. So uh, next round, Kefak, uh is going to... Actually, you know what he's going to do is he's going to run away from uh, turn and go towards Venny because Venny got him really good with that knife. Uh, he's got that blade still in his back, and it's going to run away. Unfortunately, at, with a ranged weapon, you won't get an attack of opportunity. But he's running away, and you are primed to uh, shoot it in the back with this supercharged weapon. And uh, you know what? I will give you a plus two because this thing is running full pelt away from you. So it's kind of unguarded. You said uh, plus two? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's make it count. Yep. Pin on the die, and I add okay. my ranged attack total is a 4, so it's a 14. Okay, that is its EAC exactly. Uh, so, so roll the damage, and then another 4d6 of damage, and uh, tell me what you get as a... Uh... Mm -hmm. And uh, this pistol... Wow. This pistol already does a d6, right? Or is it a d4? Uh, yeah, so 5d6 of damage. Alright, I'm gonna roll it all at once. The beautiful sound of dice. That's awesome. Oh, shoot. Jeez. Okay, so... I did 23 on all of the dice, and I don't <laughs> add any extra damage beyond just the dice, right? I don't think uh, so. Well, no, you add your level because you took we you got weapon specialization at level 3. I guess, uh, for listeners, you are a level 4 character... So you'll add four to that. Plus four, okay. Oh, so it's uh, you add your level. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yep. So 23 plus four, I did 27 damage to this thing. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say it does a little bit even more damage because when you shot this, the electricity blasted that survival knife and it punches the rest of the way through that knife served as a lightning rod to this attack and it goes through and this thing crumbles 
Venny is screaming in the distance. This thing crumples as uh, the lightning hits the hilt of this knife, goes into it, and you just see it surging all around the metallic plates, conducting electricity even further. And this thing, uh, you smell roasted keyfac and with that earlier check on life science you know that their meat is basically worthless because all they eat is metal and scrap but somehow uh the way you fry it it smells almost edible but almost. not entirely yeah almost but yeah you blast <laughs> this good use of that spell thank you my first spell uh spell my second spell cast in all of starfinder <laughs> yeah very nice so yeah, they they all fled. Uh, Venny, you hear him deep in the distance. He is he is gone, um, but it's quiet. There's no one around. No one. There's not a whole lot of people that live in the city. If if they're visiting the city, they stay in the hotels. The people who live here work here, and the people who live and work here are at the bar. So, um, you just hear nothing for a while the you know slight like reverberations of distant party sounds from the distance but it's a good ways away it's just a quiet eerily quiet night you can almost hear that barrier's electric buzzing in the distance but it's just dead silent okay. um, you have a brand new arc pistol um, if you'd like you can loot that isoki that uh is laying in a pile on the ground i think first what troy is gonna do is after he fires that shot and he sees the keyfac just go down he's gonna mm -hmm. let the silence kind of soak him in a little bit um you know his heart started pumping a little bit like the like the old days and um he's just giving himself time to like calm himself down um, you know a, a battle no matter how short isn't is never really easy on the body after so long uh, gotcha. so after he lets the, the silence kind of overtake him and calm himself down he's gonna check to see what is on the Ahsoki um, and then head over to grab the knife from the Kefak okay uh, so on the body, he had, uh, well, you have the static arc pistol. A uh, set of Freebooter Arm Mark One. Uh, it's low-end armor, but you can always sell it. Uh, an extra battery. And laying on the ground by him was all the credits they were throwing at this gambling. And for that, there were four of them. Uh, it was payday, so I'm going to ask you to roll me four d20s to determine how many credits are on the ground. And I add from my profession to each of these, or you'll take care of that part. Um, because it wasn't me two. that earned it, so I'll do it that way. Yeah, you didn't earn it, but it was their earnings, and they were they were having a good time with this gambling and. Those two uh, little bugs were tearing at each other for a while, so there are a few number of credits laying on the ground here. Okay. Right, I didn't roll too hot. <laughs> so I got 1027. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. So you find 54 credits on the ground. They spent. Uh, they were all quite inebriated, so they probably spent a good portion of their weekly earnings at the bar before coming to gamble. Uh, so yeah, you have that amount of credits. Uh, 54 plus 52, 106. So um, you can go to the bank in the morning and transfer it to your digital account, or you can have that number of credits on you. You can do whatever you want with it. It is your money. Uh, and you slip back into the darkness and uh, arrive at your small uh, stone actually, bef structure. Before I do that. And uh, you, you wrap at the... Before, oh, before I do that, I actually please. wanted to do something. Um, oh yeah. I this this might be fun. You might like this, but it might throw you off a little bit. I want to go grab the knife from. I like both ways. <laughs> I want to grab the knife from the keep back, and then cast no mm -hmm. coordinates to find Vinny and talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're not going home yet. You want to talk to Vinny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um very good you know what he looks like you know quite a bit about him you hold this and it kind of like floats in your hand and points very uh compass like very pirates of the caribbean <laughs> compass and uh you just walk in the dark your your left hand glowing uh what color is this one i can't remember what spell level uh spell level one is blue i love this that you have a you have a system so yeah your your glow the knife is glowing blue. Your hand is glowing blue as you walk back towards uh, the, the 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 bar. I don't think I gave a name for the bar, did I? Mm -mm. I wrote a name in the notes, but I haven't given it. Uh, but uh, Troy would know this. This bar is called the Spark Bug. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you make your way towards there, towards the the yeah the the cheering, the roaring of the crowds. But then the knife jukes south. And you follow it down a uh, more quiet neighborhoods to uh, just a small little hidey hole that you know to be Venny's home. You guys have been working there for a bit, you know, as you all walk home or uh, walk to work, you know, occasionally you'll bump into each other and you know that this is where he lives and he's hiding in a furnitureless, just shithole of an apartment this thing he he uh clearly doesn't do well with his finances you made as much you you make about the same you guys do the same similar job so your guys's pay is pretty equal your past um experiences don't exactly guarantee you higher pay at this shop mm -hmm. your your results are what uh, earn you the money so you guys make about the same amount of money but you go in here and it's it's tore up. There are ancient posters hanging on the walls. Um, the the door just doesn't even latch. You just push it right on through, and he's just sitting there in the dark, just shaking. And you can see this as you uh, when you open the door when the door swipe swings open. The dim light from outside kind of shines in and for a brief moment you just see him losing his mind a little bit over uh just freaking out okay well this might freak him out a little bit more uh i'm not even gonna alert him to my presence i'm just gonna walk up grab him by the scuff of his shirt and like 
jam mm -hmm. him up against one of the walls and we can look face to face. I'm going to use my left hand to cast dancing lights so that he could s so that we can see each other uh, equally. Mm -hmm. okay. And I'm just going to give him a, a look and so, go ahead. What do your dancing what do your dancing lights look like? They can look like candle light. They can just just to paint this picture of this dark room and you just have orbs of light appear. Yeah, they're they're small, I would say inch in diameter uh, spheres, each glowing a different okay. color with, uh, you know, the, the trail of light like a tail as they kind of move back and forth. Uh, you nice. know, each one of them is a different color. You'll see a blue, uh, a white, a yellow, and a green. Uh, and they just kind of dance slowly. Um, they try to... Um, they try to keep in circular motions, especially if I'm standing still or if I'm not directing mm -hmm. them anywhere specific. Gotcha. I love it. Okay. So yeah, this is all happening. He's he's not kind of, he is full on like hyperventilating. What do you want, Troy? I gave you, you have all those credits. I wasn't going to say anything. I'm sorry. I, I left you. I'm, I'm a coward. You, you know this. I, I'm, I'm scared. I'm sorry. You're not going to kill me, are you? Vinny, what I wanted out of you was more good. Seeing what I saw you doing out there is not you. You know, it's rough out here. I get that. Hell, I'm in it too. Doesn't mean you have to succumb to that. Sila said he could, he could double my earnings. He told me, he told me that that one key fact had a, had some sort of rhinovirus or something. They said that uh, it was a sure thing. And just before you showed up, things turned. My, my one lost, and I'm so mad. I'm, I'm so sorry. Don't be sorry at me. You got a lot to talk to yourself about this, but you're better than. You want to make more earnings, you know how to do it the right way. It's, it's not it's not as easy for me as it is for you. I don't have anyone to come home to. I don't have anyone, you know, waiting on me to make sure they're they see another day to be fed. It's just just me out here. It's then these guys they come in with their their promises and their dreams, you know, it's it's too tempting. You got to understand it's it's not I'm not a bad guy. I just, I want more. If you want more, you've got to earn it. Don't have it handed to you. I Give me um, a diplomacy or an intimidate check right now. Whatever you're doing. Okay. I am trying to do a diplomatic approach. Okay. All right. I got a 13. Not as good as I wanted. Okay. No. Um, he is freaked out uh, in several ways. He he kind of relaxes in your grip. You're right, Troy. I I don't even know those other two goons. They didn't hardly say a thing. I think they were Sila's ringers. Sila's Sila's dead though. The authorities are gonna, such as they are here, they're they're gonna 
want to know how a Vastron Keyfak was able to get past the barrier. Am I gonna... Am I gonna have to serve time for this? I think... The best person to answer that's gonna be you. What are you gonna decide? Are you gonna do the right thing and... Go in and tell them what happened? Or are you gonna continue to be a coward? And I'm gonna, like, lower him so that his feet can touch the ground again. Oh, you had an up-up. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't Very playing nice. around with okay. that. And uh, okay. I'm gonna reach in my pocket and grab um, 25 of the credits that I got from that pile. Okay. And just kind of, like, throw it on the ground for him. And uh, I'll, I'll say... I think you need some alone time right now. You gotta sort these things out. Yeah. But Vinny, I, yeah, Troy. I will only say this once. Do not let me catch you doing this stuff again. And he doesn't even say anything at this. He just slumps down onto the floor. And, uh, just and is quiet. Just before I turn around, I pull out his knife and just throw it down uh, next to him. Not to intimidate him, just to give it back. And I'll just turn and walk out. So yeah, you you, you flick it down. You're an experienced guy. The, the blade digs deep into this. It's a wood floor. Um, it's a stone structure, but he's kind of got like wood planks on the ground. So he's not constantly on... And that's true for it's just panel wood it's nothing fancy at all but yeah it just digs in deep and he just sits there you can still kind of see him through the light of your the dancing lights but he you don't see a smile appearing on his face anytime soon as you turn around and walk out of his much shittier living situation than you have all right and i'll um i'll check my uh my pad to see what time it is and you know what he, uh, it's go ahead go ahead uh, no you go ahead i was gonna say um i presume it's fairly late uh not just for myself it's not, but mm -hmm. it is it is a good hour after your shift uh the the fight didn't take long as you know you were you were walking this talk took a little bit it took a couple minutes so it's it's much later than you normally are, so your your messages are um, question mark, question mark, question mark, puzzled face, uh, 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 e emoji of starving, uh, different food emojis, and then uh, uh, question mark, sad face. This kid's going to be the death of me. Uh, <laughs> you make your oh sorry go ahead I, I was gonna say I might as well head to the nearest gro we don't have to act this part out I don't think but uh, mm -hmm. just head to the nearest grocery store pick up something mm -hmm. to eat something small for the both yeah. of us and uh, mm -hmm. I had a pretty good day so I might grab myself a, a nice um, bottle of the a pretty good whiskey uh, okay. let's go with Vescarian whiskey tonight very nice. Yeah, you're you're you can grab that no problem. Uh, you walk up and 
you show up, you know, people clap you on the back. It's rowdy, but you grab your stuff. You know, the look on your face, uh, the bartender, uh, 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 a himself, actually, um, he uh, doesn't even say anything to you. He gives you the nod as you walk up. You give the order. He hands it over. Quick exchange. No, no muss, no fuss. And you're, you're back on the road. It's dark. People are starting to file out now. All the fights have ended. So it's kind of like the end of a carnival. <laughs> there are people stumbling around. I went to carnivals in the Midwest. They're always drunk. But uh, they're, <laughs> they're stumbling home drunk uh, with just a few short hours before the next work day is to begin. And uh, you make your way back to your spot, your uh, neck of the the hole in the ground. Um, and uh, you don't even get your knuckle to the door when it swings open. And uh, a young eight-year-old boy stands on the other side and he has a, a very angry face directed at you. <sighs> Hello, Izzy. I just kind of look at him. I have, you know, the the grocery br- bag, and I'm purposefully keeping the whiskey away from his line of sight in the bag as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just standing there looking down at him, and he's looking up at me angrily. And I just go, do you mind letting me in? Food first. <laughs> uh, all right. And I'll, I'll reach in... Uh, I'm, I'm holding the bag with my left arm and I reach in with my right and grab uh, a steak or whatever food that I grabbed for him. You know, something cheap, okay. but something that would be good. It can be, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it can be, what it, yeah, within reason, you know, I trust you. You can be whatever you want to pull out for him. It's not going to be oysters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I uh, grab some, some meat for him and hand it mm-hmm. over and and I'll be like, I'll just tell him I'll be in in a second, okay. He holds it in his hands. He's gripping it tight. He's only eight years old. He's not very big. He's looking at you. He's just staring daggers at you for a moment. Grimace on his face. And it breaks. His eyebrows go up and he runs uh, to the back of the... It's it's a one-bedroom apartment. It's a, it is a one-bedroom apartment apartment uh both there are two beds out here there is no kitchen there is a camping stove kitchenette on one side uh his bright brown eyes just light up and he skips across the room and just starts clattering around making everything humming all the time just (laughs) and he is uh just pouring it into a pan firing it up no problem he is quite self-sufficient he just didn't have the supplies to do this and he's just humming away as you're standing outside with the rest of the groceries and he doesn't give you any other attention for the next 20 minutes as he's uh firing up not firing up as he's uh cooking his own cooking your meal for each other (laughs) yeah before i walk in i'm just gonna kind of like take in the site um you know it, it was a the, the night didn't go how I planned, but, you know, the, the end result's always the same. And, you know, uh, Vinny was right. It is nice having someone to come home to, um, even though they, they're fairly decent at taking care of themselves, which is good for me. Um, mm-hmm. It still is nice. 
I'll... Are you going to drink at the door? Um, no, because I've got the the bottle. I'm gonna wait until he goes to sleep. Gotcha. So you stand there taking this in. It is not a very. I mean, it <laughs> it's it is not big at all. There are very few creature comforts. There is uh, the privacy of a uh, of a restroom, but it is it is more or less a, a nice carnival porta potty. It is off to the side. There is privacy there. There is a there is a small shower that um, it's a sonic shower. Very cheap. Doesn't work all the time, but with your mechanical ability, you're able to repair it, and you do repair it constantly. So this this one room living situation isn't ideal. There are uh, there are some drawings kind of like taped to the stone wall to break up. You see a um, a sunset. You see what look like um, rings on a planet you see uh big stars kind of drawn with a uh, yellow crayon on the ceiling in spots and as you're taking this in you're maybe wondering how the hell did that boy reach the ceiling but you just take this in for a minute and he you know clatters plays throws it in bowls turns around to you and he's smiling big and he looks up to you uncle eat with me all right, all right, all right. And I'm walking in, and I, as I'm saying all right, I walk in and I shut the door and head on over to sit down with them. I'm assuming since we don't have too many luxuries that we kind of have to sit by the, the fire, essentially, while we eat. Absolutely, yep. And yeah, the, it does, it, it is quite cool in here. Um, or you had the door open for a bit, so it did get cold a little bit, but once you close it up, it's a small space two bodies plus a campfire stove kind of situation warms it right back up it is very modest living but you are quite cozy as you share a meal with your nephew yeah and uh i i can imagine he just talks about his day uh rambling on about whatever kids ramble on about <laughs> that was mile a minute uh yeah yep, a mile a minute uh <laughs> Every, anything he saw going on outside in the windows, he commented on what neighbors went where, who was late for work, who uh, he could tell was dragging their feet ready to get home, and he's just just nonstop. And in between mouthfuls of food, he is just filling you in on all the goings-on, letting you know everything he saw, and uh, talking about the things he didn't get to see, how he, he doesn't ever get to see any wildlife, and how uh you know maybe if you if you keep working where you're at if we can move somewhere where there's we can get a a pet of some kind any kind it doesn't have to fly but if it can fly that'd be cool but he's not going to be picky about and he's just going on and on just stopping only to uh when his voice start when his little voice starts to crack from uh, a dry throat taking deep gulps of whatever liquid you brought home for him to drink Right, and he is just, just talking your ear off well into the night, much later than either of you should be awake. But he just cannot stop gushing about his day to you. And uh, everything he's saying, I'm just kind of nodding and thinking to myself, I'm glad I haven't, I don't have the money to get this kid a data pad because dear God, he'd be talking in his sleep with all the information <laughs> he gets. Yep. 
But uh, I, I so, okay. let him continue to talk, and then after we're done, I'll I'll do the dishes. Is that's the rule we have in the house? If he makes the meal, I I clean up, um, which is almost every night because I'm always home late. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. So and he's he's still talking. He's he gets to the point where he is uh he is asleep, but his mouth hasn't quite figured that out yet, and it's still going. <laughs> And he's there. There aren't really nice beds, but the the cot that he has, he's just laying there, just asking you questions, making sure you're, you know, are you cleaning that? Okay, don't forget that. Okay, I cleaned my plate, so it shouldn't take too long to clean. And then he just mum, mum, just like that, muttering under his breath as he just falls out. Okay. Yeah, and I, I um. I kind of just play patient, let him talk, because I know that's just something that he does. Uh, at mm-hmm. this point, you know, having him for as long as I have, I've I've learned that about him. Uh, and once he finally goes to sleep, I'll wait maybe ten or fifteen minutes more, probably tinkering around um, using my my uh, techno abilities to mend the shower because I need sure. I need a shower uh, yeah. and. Then I'll um, sneak out as quietly as possible to take a few swigs of my drink as I do whenever I have a good enough day to bring something home rather than stay at the bar. And just look up at the, the stars a little bit before heading back inside. Okay. And yet yeah, you're out there. You're able to slip out. No problem at all. He is conked out, so... With his minus 10, he only got a 4, and I'm pretty sure your stealth uh, bonus is higher than that, so you're good. Uh, so you're out there. It's dead silent again. You you hear domestic squabbles, uh, domestic um, bliss uh, in the air. It is uh, People are with their families now. It is quiet eventually. And you're, you're standing out there, and you see the stars. It is gorgeous. Um, the thing about Akaton is you've been here a little bit, and part of the reason why your nephew doesn't go out much is he gets wound up like this. He's full of energy like any eight-year-old. But the way Akaton is, it's got a very thin atmosphere. So part of the reason why he wears himself out from talking so much is the thin atmosphere means it's a little harder for him to breathe after a while. Not any dangerous sense, but a, it's like being at a high altitude. He just runs out a little earlier um so with this thin atmosphere you see more of the stars than you perhaps see in other on other packed worlds you see satellites zipping by you see starships flying in the sky above and it's just serene and quiet and cold yeah but the, the whiskey's certainly um, warming my belly up, at least. Very good. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be looking up and kind of thinking to myself about my past a little bit. Uh, take a swig and just kind of, like, point the glass up towards the stars um, with a... I don't want to say drunk, but... You know, I, I'm. What's exhausted? 
Yeah, I guess that would be a, a good word to use. With, like, an exhausted grin just kind of reminiscing until mm -hmm. I reminisce too far into a, uh, a frown before uh, bringing the glass back down. Look at it, I close it back up, and then I'll try to uh, sneak my way back inside. Okay. Get in, no problem. Where do you hide the bottle? Um, that's a good question. And I can even imagine Troy heads in with the bottle and then stops and looks at it and then looks around to the uh, lack of hiding places. This is not a place for hide and seek. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he might go to his um, usual spot. He probably has some like hidden um, piece of brick or something under or near his bed that he can just like mm. slide out that's a small little compartment uh, which is probably also because he just remembered this because I just remembered he now has a pistol with him so he's going to hide the <laughs> pistol in there too until the morning because he okay. doesn't want Iz Izzy getting a hold of that either gotcha okay so yeah you you do all that settle in and uh, a little inebriated little buzzed at the very least I'd say warm in your belly made me feel like you you have uh, you were moved it, it, it did it is affecting you it is coursing through you and you drift off to sleep thinking how not even half a click away someone who is every bit as lucky as you've been in life living a very different night right now and you go to sleep and I don't want to play your character for you but probably basking in how much better things are going for you than they could have been and how much better your life is despite all the hardships despite how far from where you were but how much better your life is he's drifting off to sleep he can't help but uh you know like you were saying think about the way his life is compared to others right now and the events that led him here but he also understands that um, he chose it too uh, the the rugged lifestyle that he had here although an unexpected surprise with his little nephew here um, which he's thankful for he also understands that this isn't a place for him and it's it's hard for Troy to think about this Troy never expected to be a father uh, or to be a father figure Troy never expected to take on that responsibility yet here he is just like somewhere else in the world someone else somewhere else in the galaxy someone could have had the exact same story as him and is sleeping in a mansion but maybe alone too Troy can't control other people's lives 
and that's where we'll leave it. So, um, so okay. Um, so there we have it. Um, Troy Michael. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do this. This was fun. I'm uh, looking forward to exploring more of Troy and Izzy's adventures here on Akaton. Um, so we've had you on before. We had a little interview. Both of us have uh, grown a fair amount as podcasters since then because now you have your own podcast, and that's part of the reason why I wanted you onto this Spaceport story so you could talk a little bit about what you've been up to since we had you on last. Yeah, uh, I'm doing now a podcast. Um, it's D&D, so it's, it's a little different, just a little bit different from what you're doing mm-hmm. here. Um, it's a home-brewed mm-hmm. D&D 5e uh, playcast of an avatar world I um, made by Brian Konietzko and uh, Michael Dante DiMartino, where it's set... 50 years after the events of Legend of Korra, the the previous avatar, you know, Korra, has died uh, mysteriously. And now the White Lotus is just trying to pick up the pieces, trying to hold the world together in peace while they're searching for the new avatar. Uh, and that's as far as I've really given people in terms of the, the plot to mm-hmm. the story right now. Mm-hmm. so you're the focus of the story currently like the players they're just four new members of the white lotus that are going out on missions and uh we uh i'll tell you i'm not sure when exactly this is going to be released but we have started um it'll definitely the be in the month of october okay so by then the the second chapter is going to begin um because we're, we're still, at the time of recording this, they're still in the first city, the first uh, story, their first mission. And uh, I think, I don't want to give away too much, um, but where they're going is going to be fun. Uh, and we get to learn a little bit more about two of the other characters. Uh, with my four players, you learn t- about two of them in the first mission. You'll learn a little bit more about the other two in the second. I'm very excited, and I, I gotta say, I am, uh, sci-fi and space fantasy and all this crap. Th- it is my bread and butter. It is my, um, I shouldn't say this so loud if my girlfriend can hear me. My one true love. But, um, <laughs> Avatar holds a special place in my heart because it it was one of the first in like my adult life of a. TV shows that I just sat and was enraptured with and binged. So I, I love, I love the shows. Um, I, I mean, I think it's universal. Everyone hates the movie, but, um, (laughs) uh, I had, I don't, and I'm not encyclopedic with it, unfortunately, but the care and attention to detail that you and I have, you talked to me about some of the, uh, nothing really secret. I mean, everything that you've told me, has basically come to light in the story so far. So, but the uh, the the care, the the attention to detail, the little nods to things has been so so good. Like this is 
exactly what a fan of the Avatar series will want to listen to. The uh, a faithful continuation, and and I have to give you further props. Like what brings a lot of these podcasts alive is yes, friends, camaraderie. Uh, telling a story is great, but the music choices, and I keep complimenting you on this, and I'm not going to stop because I still get like lost in some of these scenes when the music choices you've made feel like I'm watching the sequel audio play of Avatar, the next Airbender, or <laughs> whatever uh, it would be called, but it is just so damn good. And it's uh, so it drops Friday nights or Saturday mornings. I don't actually know, uh, it, but uh, I know. Go ahead. I was gonna say it drops. It depends on what, like, where you live in the U.S. Uh, since I live on the East Coast, it drops at one a.m. here, which is why you're probably thinking Friday uh, night because I know where you are. That would be uh, two okay. hours behind. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, it <laughs> drops at one a.m. Saturdays uh, on the East Coast, and. You know, I'm yeah. sure anybody listening can tally where they are. So for me, I work nights and uh, very few things like stops me from what I'm doing when I get a notification from my podcast app that uh, Dice Benders D&D is downloading the next episode. <laughs> it is so good. I'm so impressed. And, and yeah, I'm going to gush about you a little bit to you. So haha. Uh, I like I've helped quite a few people, quite a few friends start podcasts and I'm not putting anyone down when I say this, like the way you took to it has been unique in that, like there was very little, if any, um, trepidation. It seems on your part, like you, when you got, when you guys get started, you guys got going everyone else, you know, when we got started, when I got started, and sometimes still to this day, like I had that false start stop of like, uh, anxiety of like uh, committing but you you dive right in it's so cool to hear you just confidently and calm and collectedly just guide your players through and I just love the uh, the, the developing relationship uh, with the play with the players like I haven't chatted with them as people at this point I'm still like getting to know their characters and eventually I'll get to know the players mm -hmm. but it's just been so cool to see you go from uh, a, a, one two off little thing on the uh, the hex grid podcast then like oh I'm gonna do this and I'm doing this and I'm promoting this and I've started a discord and your discord has already uh, and, and I don't have any ego whatsoever about any of this we all lift each other up with this when i see the the work you're doing on your discord all the stuff you're doing it's so encouraging to me to see you like thrive in this and i'm like oh i'm so so just proud of you and i and i'm not really like taking any sort of ownership over your success but it just feels so damn good to like hey here's my experience do with it as you will and then you take it or ignore it as you see fit. And just to see your moves has been just inspiring as hell to me. So kudos. Well, thank you. Congrats. Um, you you yeah. do have yourself to thank for a lot of that, honestly. Uh, you know, I, I did do a little bit of TTRPG back in high school, like two sessions uh, back in. Mm -hmm. It was D&D 3.5, I believe, where the Gripley still existed mm -hmm. as a thing. 
and it was yeah. like a griply rogue and we went two sessions and then the dm because his brother was one of the players had some pissy fit and murdered all the players and was like well that's my first D experience that's great Oof. <laughs> but going from that to the very next ttrpg that i did was with you where i was playing as churlock oh. uh and okay. that experience was a obviously a mm -hmm. much better one you didn't kill off the characters <laughs> in the first like issue that came to be um <laughs> But one day. it was also <laughs> one day. <laughs> Arc two of um of of Triaxony Knights where it's all female cast. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it, it's one of my my favorite self lines. <laughs> my go to line that uh, I just fell in love with that you said was, "Well, this person's just not going to be an elf because I am the GM and I have that kind of power." Uh, oh yeah, elf <laughs> names, man yeah wow <laughs> oh i, yes. I love yeah, that i'm glad i kept that in yeah goblin names are so so much easier on the on the tongue and the ears so yeah uh so you know i i congratulate you i you know and yes i know i helped you but i don't take any sort of like superiority over like haha uh one one of my seeds has 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 bloomed but no it is it's we are even footing at this point you and i are podcasters on equal measure at this point to my mind we i you come to me for things i've come to you for things it's just it feels so damn cool and people that listen to these yeah we're gushing at each other a little bit mm -hmm. get over it um like it's <laughs> it's so cool like this is why we do this this is why we play ttrpgs to get other to get our friends to start games this is just another level of that of with the production and everything so this is all it is is just seeing one of your one of your players become a gm i love it yeah it it's definitely been fun uh the players i i can't say i handpicked uh the players i just honestly starting dice benders it just was an idea i was listening to pokemon mm -hmm. seichao which is off of the hex grid uh network <laughs> that you played at yep. uh you played Corey. yep and i was just thinking to myself wow it's really cool to hear a ttrpg in a world such as pokemon what if we took it in other directions uh and that's what got the gears in my head turning for avatar because i thought you know avatar i haven't ever heard anyone attempting this and actually doing anything with it uh mm -hmm. come to find out just a short couple of weeks after finally finalizing the idea and saying and putting out on Facebook, Hey, I'm doing this. Anyone interested uh -huh. message me, um, which is how I got my cast. I realized mm -hmm. it's really hard to make a world full of limitless magic, so to speak into a limited setting. <laughs> that is D and D. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. uh, I, I gotta say though, like from the bat, like the abilities, I don't, I'm not, I'm not the, the, the mechanics guy that tells you th if things are balanced or not. If I can read something or hear something like, Hmm, I wonder if that's going <laughs> to blow up in your face later because I've had, I've given, and it's, it's, this isn't, you know, us talking shit about anyone. Like I've given people too strong of things and it's, it's, 
hilariously blown up in my face in like, oh, you mean you can just portal through things? Oh, you can just drill a hole through a wall and portal through the... Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not naming names so, or anything. I, no, 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 <laughs> never. Um, but it, it is so cool to hear you come to me like, hey... Uh, you know, and when I hear the abilities used, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. It's, and I, and I got to give props to your players too. They are every bit as much of the show as you are, which mm-hmm. a lot of podcasts could take a note from. Like, it's all a thing. It's not one over the other. Like, a, a terrible GM makes the players not feel, you know, open to playing. And unwieldy players makes a GM clam up a little bit. Uh, but to, see them like they know the story they know the shows to some degree i'm not gonna gatekeep anyone's avatar uh fandom but to hear them talk out their attacks and moves it's so cinematic the way they do it that it's just it it makes it come to life as much as any other part of it so great job there too yeah i i got the idea from you uh when you ask people how you like to ask how people (laughs) do their magic and how it looks to them okay uh, and oh, nice. I heard that in, in your podcast and was like, oh, well, that's a good way to, you know, for a couple of things, it takes away the needing to describe every little detail away from the GM, but it also puts mm-hmm. it in the hands of the players. And you always want to make the yes. players feel just as important and interactive in the world as yes. you are. Uh, so kudos to you on that one. And <laughs> They love it, too, because it makes them feel like they are in control of them. I'm not forcing what they're supposed to be doing or how they're doing something. It's entirely up to mm-hmm. them. And uh, yeah. I can tell you this, um, with where we are so far, I want to say at least a third of all the episodes that we've put out have been completely off script. Like, I don't script um, like dialogues with people. Uh, in the game, I've got my four players, and each player has their own teacher. The only yeah. things that I've ever actually scripted out are the bonus scenes that are at the end of certain episodes. Um, oh, I've noticed those, and they are extremely uh, intriguing. Yeah, it's uh, just to give you a little bit of a, a back uh, backstage peek. Uh, since this is sure. 50 years after Korra... I wrote in 50 years of history in that world to help solidify mm-hmm. and make an easy transition. If a player asks me, oh, well, what, like, why did this happen? Why is Omashu in the state that it is or something? I could explain it, you know, and have the answers. Um, but getting back to what I was saying, mm-hmm. it's all off script. And a lot of the mm-hmm. episodes weren't even planned to turn out the way they were um but that's the beauty of it i let the players play their story like i know what i want to tell of course every gm knows what they want to do but (laughs) it's all this the way that it makes it feel the most complete is letting the players be the story and that's something that I've always been trying to do. I've never tried taking that away from the players. So I, I will say, like, the any of my players that are listening to this, I know Yang loves your podcast. Um, 
he's the oh, the nice. airbender of the group he he's listened to a few of your mm -hmm. stuff and he, he loves it because he loves sci-fi uh you guys can probably talk about yeah. star wars all day <laughs> um <laughs> but he i forgot where i was going with that sorry don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know either uh i could talk forever uh well you, you no, you're good. Uh, we we don't have to we don't have to go terribly long with this. Uh, I just wanted to talk a bit about uh, the. I mean, it is dynamite. Like, in I'm I'm pretty straightforward about everything. Audio issues are a thing with all new podcasts. I gotta say, yours, uh, not not even a personal thing. Your podcast audio has made leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's just Jaeger who's having. It's Yang. Uh, or is it Yang? Yang. Okay, it's Yang. So, I mean, at, at this point, like, all your players have excellent mics. Everyone is uh, clearly understood. I deleted from the internet the first iteration of Hexgrid Heroes that maybe 10 people have ever heard. Um, it was such bad audio quality. So to hear yours, like, from the from jump, not be cringeworthy. Like, I feel so good for you that you you're not going to have to hide this entire first chapter because of bad audio which is um not the first chapter that you know of at hex grid where i was just a player oh boy i've deleted every file every backup file of it so it's nowhere to be found unless someone is real shitty and has it somewhere <laughs> yeah but, uh, I, your audio quality is good i was gonna say i've heard um deep rumors in the the back ends of eterna and the the deep far back reaches of Pokemon Seichao uh, about this rumored uh, old hex grid heroes that you uh, oh, had to reboot. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I've heard oh, the stories, God. heard the tales. I've had nightmares. I've legit, I mean, I'm just, I'm going to move on after this. I have legit had nightmares that we were still doing that and that's all I was doing and that's all I am known for. I've legit had waking not waking nightmares sleeping full-on nightmares from it that bad but uh all that to say uh you're doing a damn fine job on dice benders dnd check them out wherever you get podcasts uh leave them an itunes review because it helps it helps all podcasts everyone that listens to this that knows podcasts know itunes reviews apple podcast reviews are still mm -hmm. what can make or break a podcast and you guys are only episode 10 or 13 we're on episode 13. 13. I guess you can technically say 14 because 13 is two episodes. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I have. I thought I was caught up and then I saw you post on their Discord, which I got to shout out to. Like, if you're listening to this, the Hexgrid Discord is a cool, chill place to hang out where you don't get tagged uh, at everyone like you do uh, in, in some of the bigger Discord servers. If you just want to hang out and chat about stuff, we're there. If you want to give the Dice Spenders D&D Discord a whirl, they have a lot of fun stuff. Cool people looking to start games. I am tapped out as far as games. This was uh, a quick Saturday afternoon thing we're getting in right now. But I, I can't join another game. But these guys, it's an entire new audience to tap as far as getting people into games and getting them into this. So if uh, I'll post links in the show notes in uh, social media but please 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 if you like us if you like our energy it's entirely different like my science fantasy sci-fi space opera stuff is nothing at all thematically what's going on in dice benders D, D, 
But if you even casually like the, are, are they? Can I call them cartoons or are they animated series? It's technically a car, technically a cartoon. You can call it a cartoon. Okay, so <laughs> if you had any interest in any of those, uh, Korra or Aang, to me they're both amazing in their own rights. I, I will not ever choose which one I like more. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. But either. if you have even a passing interest, your podcast is a worthy sequel to Korra as far as I'm concerned. And that's not me fluffing myself up. Like I legit cannot wait for my dreaded Saturday morning shift to listen to the next episode. So it's so good. Please check it out. And um, in the meantime, maybe eventually we'll hear more about Troy. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but we have some fun stuff planned. Uh, Our schedule seemed to line up a little bit, but um yeah, I think that's all I have. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give everyone your uh, social media shout-outs? Uh, sure, yeah. Social media, uh, the plug is going to just be Dicebenders D&D, all one word. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and our Discord channel, uh, I'll talk about it a little bit as well, is called Skeptic sure. Frog N. And it's uh, yes. I, I designed the place to be this spot that people can just um hang out it it does have sections for ttrpg but it also has stuff like if you're a food lover there's a food level lover channel or if you're an animal lover mm-hmm. there's that there's mm-hmm. there's um i made it so that anybody that joins no matter if they're fans of avatar or if they are ttrpg players there's something there for you uh and Actually, this conversation helped inspired another um, channel, so you'll be seeing that as soon as we get off of this. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Something. Cool. Well, then, yeah, I. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say something else that's uh, a little unique to this. Uh, jumping back for dice benders, I mm-hmm. built classes uh, starting oh, mission yes, two. Please. Yeah, on. yeah. Let's take a moment. Yes, yeah, yeah. Talk about that a bit. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't want to bring it up if you didn't because. I didn't know where you were at in your process, mm-hmm. but yes, please talk about that and uh, any anything you want to share about that. They are um, officially in the playtest mode slash beta. You know, I've got my four players that are playing, but the way I designed each one, each uh, bender has their own specific class. So you've got the earth bender, water bender, fire bender, and water bender, mm-hmm. and then there are subclasses within those three for each. Uh, so it provides that sense of, you know, not one person is ever going to feel the same. Plus, uh, anybody that's played D&D before, the best way I can describe how they function is monk meets warlock, if that makes sense. <laughs> Where you have yeah. chi abilities, uh, aka key, and you've got your spell slots in the same way that the warlock does, only it's called charges. So you can cast your your bender spells, but you can still do bender things. Uh, And I did that. I thought it was a good blend of how to keep it um, not super OP, uh, while also it it feels like Avatar and it feels like D&D at the same time. And that was the goal. That took, I think, a month straight. I'm so glad that I had... (laughs) so as many episodes that i had in the backlog that were already finished because i spent Mm -hmm. i swear a month straight just grinding those classes out 
Um, but if you happen to join the, the Discord, when you come in, just tell us what element you've always wanted to bend or whatever one sounds coolest. Uh, then you get a role in the uh, Discord that allows you to access a page that's on there that has the Bender class available. So, Which I don't know where you got that idea, but that is great. Uh, when I joined, uh, we, and we talked like, oh, Don, what kind of Bender are you? And we've kind of had that conversation. But to be on the Discord and see new people be brought in, and they're like, hey, you, you kind of have this thing, this whole little script of um, – what kind of bending would you do? And like that kind of fan engagement is so great. Like immediately off the bat, they know like, Oh, I'm in. It's just a very cool thing to do to get your uh, fans and audience involved. And uh, I'll just let you all know I'm an earthbender and we earthbenders have some things in the works. Oh no. Yep. Yeah. You see, I, as the, you know, main person on there as the creator of the discord i have access to all of those uh benders unite mm -hmm. channels but i don't access them mm -hmm. the only time i ever open them nice. is if i'm like adding on like version 2 point whatever of the bender classes <laughs> you know any updates yeah. to those but i made it yep. with the explicit instruction to myself to say you know the earthbender central or center is for earthbenders i am not an earthbender so i am not yep. going to be in there um I've, yeah. I'll, it is it is pretty cool, and I've seen that I've seen other uh, discords use that where they have a, a secret room that the the GM can't see where they can just talk about like you know playing things with the players. Um, I don't I don't know if I've ever talked to you about it's not important. Uh, there's a podcast that does it, and it's the most active channel in the entire server to where the GM is like, you guys can still talk to me. We just wanted to give you guys that avenue, but having this it's such a fun way to bond with the other people that uh liken themselves to earthbenders so and waterbenders i'm curious i'm curious what kind of conversations are had in the other ones uh but i don't actually ever want to know i like this kind of not aggressive rivalry this 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 taxonomy is just kind of fun it's it's, it's interesting so um yeah, definitely, definitely join this Discord. It's only going to get bigger and better. Yes, uh, I will say if there are any airbenders out there, we've only got three on oh, our yeah. server. So yeah. please, if you are an airbender or you've ever wanted to be, join and give them a little love. Uh, earthbenders yeah. have dominated, but firebenders are coming in close. I've got this uh, this server stat <laughs> that you can look at to see how many oh, yep. of each bender there is. And... Uh, I always change that. Like, I know there are bots on Discord, but I love having, like, I like doing it myself. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, so that's you. So I'm looking at it now. Uh, nine earthbenders, mm -hmm. eight firebenders, five waterbenders, and three airbenders. Airbenders got to show up. I I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know I how mean, there hasn't been so in, many. In, in ideal, we're, this is the only instance where f flying isn't an automatic choice for me i like made i sat down and had some uh inner thinking of you know uh my personality how i am like crap i'm not an airbender at all i'm <laughs> i'm earthbender through and through so yeah uh i think we i think at this point i'm rambling but um just to close things out dice benders D, D on everything 
give them a follow, give them a listen, give them a review, hang out on their Discord. We can talk. Uh, the Starfinder, this podcast has a channel in your Discord. Uh, so if you want to talk with me at there, you can do that too. Yep. I like the I like the <laughs> consolidate the dilution of the audience by having it in so many spots. It just gives me a thrill to see my crap uh, uh, commented on elsewhere. So yeah, um, when we'll see Troy and Izzy again, I don't know. Will we? Most definitely. Oh. Yeah. This was this was fun. Uh, I've always liked. Uh, I've always liked playing with you as the GM. Um, I like the way you do things. I like how um, you always make sure you ask how the players feel or you know what's going yeah. on in their mind, and that's something that I've carried with me into Dice Benders. Uh, I'll give you a little secret, and for those that are listening, that's not out of the goodness of my heart. That is uh, seated in a very strong anxiety of no one likes playing with me. So if I ask you straight up, how are you feeling, and you don't tell me the actual truth, then I can't be at fault if something happens. Like I go out, I bend over uh, backwards to make sure everyone, like after a session, I'm like, hey, what can I do to you know make sure you're included? And we're going to tell a story, but I am never going to let someone go away from my table thinking, oh gosh, I wish I had some input. So it's thank you. I'm glad it's inspired you and it's paid off dividends uh, for your podcast. But it's really just I'm always worried people aren't having fun and I'm not performing well enough. So it's that's all it is. So my secrets revealed. Oh, no. Well, you could always edit that part out. That's fine. Yeah, I might actually. As <laughs> I kept talking, I'm like, why would I tell people that? But it's true. Would you look at that? Secrets revealed on Spaceport Stories. I was very happy to get Ray in on this episode. He's a, a delight to hang out with, and it's just, I'm just so proud. It's just, it's weird, but I'm just proud. Uh, I love seeing my friends succeed. Next week, we'll be returning back to Triaxis and seeing what the gang is up to. I know there are some conversations to be had before plumbing the depths of this strange, strange tower. But that's enough for me. I rambled enough. I will see you all next week. Same Hex time, same Hex channel. Hex Grid Heroes.